This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Glad you could join us in the rain and the wind, depending on where you are. Of course, we'll keep you updated on the Subway Series. I don't know why. But of course, we'll keep you updated on the Subway Series. But before we get started, I had a great time with my colleagues over in Hapak, New York. We had the Windwatch Golf at the Windwatch Golf and Country Club. And uh, saw some saw some folks I hadn't seen in a minute. Saw a little John Starks and Charles Smith. Victor Cruz was there. Uh, Bart Scott was there, but I saw him last week. Uh, hadn't seen uh, Alan Hahn in a minute. Uh, so you know, while he was on his world tour of vacations. So um, you know, it was it, it was nice. And but the best part of it is, you know, all the proceeds are going to the Garden of Dreams Foundation. And a bunch of it went to. Uh, Circled the, the uh, different holes on the course with Dave Rothenberg, and uh, it was great. And met, met a bunch of golfers. Uh, and so Vinny was with us as well. Vinny did a great job. Vinny, of our, our marketing director here at 98.7 ESPN, he likes to have a good time. And Vinny wants to spread the joy. <laughs> Vinny was spreading the joy. And Vinny's got a reputation because when he when we drove up in the golf carts, everybody was smiling when they saw Vinny. So Vinny, good job, Vinny. <laughs> nice job. Uh, listen, here's a link for you. It's h a n d b i d. That's handbid.app.link backslash g d f. Handbid.app.link backslash g d f. You can bid for Knicks, Rangers, and MSG Network experiences. Once again, all proceeds go to the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Or you could just make a straight donation to the Garden of Dreams Foundation. And met two young people from the Garden of Dreams. And having covered, you know, local sports as I've been blessed to do over the years, they always do a great job in picking out young people who are doing great things and giving the extra opportunity, okay, to show what they can do. And two great young people met with them earlier today. So whatever you can do in, to help us out with the Garden of Dreams Foundation, we would appreciate it very much. If you are a Giants fan, boy, did Christmas come early for you. Oh, you could not have expected this to happen. You could not have expected it. Who knew? Who would have thought that Saquon Barkley would march into camp on time? We, weren't, we were thinking he wasn't going to show up at all to camp. Now, there was never any doubt in my mind as to him sitting out the season. I knew he was not going to do that. You know, you only hurt yourself in that scenario. Okay? But to come in so quickly, I was shocked. I was shocked. Uh, my good friend, Leger Doosable, CBS NFL analyst, will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts about it. But I want you to hear from our guy, uh, Jordan Renan. And... Let's get some details about this. We'll start out with Jordan telling us how Saquon's deal even got done. I will say this. Speaking to people inside the building, you got the gist that they really wanted to get something done earlier rather than later. Now today, the first day that veterans were supposed to report, guess who was here before 8 a.m.? Saquon Barkley. And one of the main reasons is Saquon, this is a guy that I've known to be very careful of his image, very conscious of what his image is, and prides himself on being a team-first player. So now you have a guy who's a team-first player and conscious of his image. Having a holdout throughout the summer was not going to sit well. So I think it 
it was important for him to get here and not only get here and show up, but be here on the first day of camp, get what he could, which in this case was a little extra money, basically a million dollars extra available incentives and $2 million up front. Now, John Ronan was on with DPA John Rothenberg this morning here on 98.7 ESPN. And the guys asked Jordan, so how come we never heard about this one-year deal before? Sure, you know, when you franchise a player, somebody could sign him and it costs two first-round picks, and we really don't mention that that very often because it never happens, right? So I think that's kind of why you didn't hear about it here. $10.1 million is a pretty good salary, especially you saw what the running backs got this year. So you would think, well, the Giants are certainly happy with $10.1 million. Uh, but they were willing to give him a, a little bit more, and then that's kind of how we got here. All right. Uh, more from Jordan Ronan with his conversation with DPA Jordan Rothenberg this morning. Does this change the deal for Saquon's future with the Giants? It really doesn't change Saquon's future right now all that much at all because the likelihood now is we're going to be sitting here next offseason in the same spot they were this offseason. As a matter of fact, the incentives don't even really change what the franchise tag is. In a second franchise tag, it's 120% of what the $10.1 million was originally, so $12.1 million. Now, you talk about Saquon. He obviously wants to get paid. He also has said on multiple occasions he wants to remain a giant, be a giant for life. How that's going to happen without him getting to free agency might be troubling because I spoke to an executive recently and one thing he brought up to me was even if Saquon has a great season has an even better year than last year his value still likely won't go up because you're talking about more wear and tear another year older and when, and when it comes to running backs in the market as it, as it is now those are not desirable traits so Saquon Barkley is in camp and I know there are a number of probably fellow running backs who are a little upset but I think when you look back on this situation, it's clear that, as Jordan pointed out, it's very simple. Saquon wants to be in camp. He doesn't want to be a distraction. And I think the other part of this was th- his conversation and his thought process about turning down the franchise tag earlier in the podcast that we broadcasted a number of times here on 987 ESPN about him saying, you know what, I understand that that's a lot of money. I understand that in this economic time and situation, that's a lot of money for folks. And I'm almost uncomfortable turning it down. But we understood all the time that it wasn't that he was turning down the $10 million. It was for the multi-year contract. It was the money, the amount of money that was guaranteed. That was his concern. All right, so now he signs a one-year deal. $2 million upfront signing bonus and almost $1 million available in incentives in the contract that could reach up to $11 million. All right. So according to Shefty, Saquon's incentives include 1,350 rush yards and a playoff berth, 65 receptions, 11 total touchdowns. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And this was the thing for me. And once again, it's clear. We knew going in that he really didn't have a lot of leverage, right? We understood that. And all the conversations we were having going back and forth with with callers and folks were about, you know, in an ideal situation, how would it be? Boy, you really wish that as the running back and you're seeing that the running back position is being devalued. And we hear from Mike Tannenbaum, who's on the Michael K. show, about that in a couple of minutes. 
what were his options? And ultimately, we've talked about things that would have been nice if he could have done. Could he possibly do this? Could he possibly hold out? Could we get other running backs to agree? The bottom line was, ultimately, the running backs just don't have the leverage to make anything different. If anything changes, it's going to have to be with the NFL. And guess what? The NFL is not going to change it because to them, everything's good. They're good. They like it the way it is. They'll draft running backs, run them and run them and run them and run them. And then guess what? I won't resign them or I'll resign them to the franchise tag. I'm not going to give them multi-year deals. I mean, think about this. If Saquon Barkley earns those incentives, 1,350 rush yards, 65 receptions, 11 total touchdowns, and the Giants make the playoffs, in theory, that hard work, what has it done? It's devalued him going into next year. Because the front office is going to say, even though the franchise tag we know is going to be $12 million guaranteed next year, I mean, the front office could say, well, why would I give you a multi-year deal? Look, look, how, look how great you were last season. <laughs> you're one year less now. That's one year short of your career that you're going to be that good. If he only has maybe, what, two, three years left in their minds, well, I've just I've gotten my year out of him, and so I thought that at least because once he went into camp, I was just floored. But for me, my thought process was, well, maybe he got at least that he wouldn't. They wouldn't have the franchise tag for him next year, and that's not the case either. They can still put the franchise tag on him. So, uh, you know, right now. Everything's behind him. If you're a Giant fan, you're happy. And even and really, when you think about it, and Harvey's a Giant fan, so I'll hear from him in a second. But when you think about it as a Giant fan, it's 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 real simple. You're and Dan Grosser had a great point talking about it on uh, Barton Hahn today. As a Giant fan, you you have personal feelings about Saquon Barkley. Okay, you like Saquon Barkley. You. You want him to be on your team. You love his production. You want him to be properly compensated. You do because you see what other positions get. And you love that. And you say, you know what? This is what I want my guy to get there. He deserves it. That's what I do. I want him to get it. He deserves it. But on the other side, you're saying, really, I'm rooting for As long as he's on my team, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good today because he's back with the team. And, and ultimately, as a fan, isn't that really the bottom line for you? That he's back. Yeah, you might want him to get more money. Yeah, you, you know, maybe you want him to get more years or anything like that. You're happy because he's in camp. He's ready to go. And now his teammates do not have to sit and answer questions every day. What's it like with Saquon not being here? How's the offense difference without Saquon being here? Is there a different t- a tone or chemistry without Saquon being here? What's the tone in the locker room without Saquon being here? All that day after day after day after day. What he does next year, what he does with another contract, what he does as far as what he's going to do moving forward for representation, what happens to the running back position, all that doesn't mean a thing for Giant fans right now. For you guys, your guy is in, and you are ecstatic. How do you feel about it? 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter 
formerly now known as X, formerly Twitter, now known as X. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll take your calls next. It's Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. He clearly will not want to be franchise tagged again. So I don't know how that will ultimately play out. I think that's what we're going to have to see here. There's, I'm sure there was conversation about this along the way. But if there's no franchise tag and, and there's nothing, no agreement that the Giants can't franchise tag him again next year, I don't see what would prevent them from getting to that point again, to be quite honest with you. I guess we'll see, but maybe they've had discussions about it and they talked about giving the opportunity at least to see what's on the open market next year. But if, if I'm fake one, that's my goal. Like I want to get to the open market because that, that'll show you what your value is. He believes his value is X. Giants believe it's why the market will tell you exactly what it is if he can get there. Join run on with DPA on Rothenberg this morning. Looks like we'll be doing this again next year, Harvey. <laughs> Sitting right here, trying can't, to figure out what's going on with with Saquon Barkley. Can't wait. I know you can't. <laughs> I know you can't. Hardest to progress on ninety eight seven ESPN. One interesting thing, folks, before we get to the phones. There is an article in today's New York Post, and it's from uh, Ryan Dunleavy, who covers the Giants. Uh, and and it's uh, inside the Saquon Barkley Giant contract negotiations. And as Harvey pointed out to me, at the end of the article, it says, quote, Barkley turned down a three-year contract with an average annual value of $11 million last week and $23 million guaranteed, sources told Dunleavy in the Post. Now, my thought process was three-year deal, $23 million guaranteed. So even with the two franchise tags, if he were, obviously he doesn't want next year, but let's, let's play along. If he gets franchised again next year, it's still less. He'd have to make all the incentives to get $11 million this year. Okay? He would have had $23 million guaranteed. Now, if this is true, I'm, I'm just, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? I think he may have to, um, I think he may have to make some adjustments. <laughs> With, with who's representing him, might be another, might be uh, another firing coming up soon in the Saquon Barkley business situation. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Mets with a one nothing lead over the Yankees as the Yankees come to bat in the bottom of the first at the stadium in the wrap up of the Subway Series for twenty twenty three. Let's go to the phones. Barbara's in Jersey. Barbara, start us off on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hi. Hi, Barbara. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I was just wondering if anybody could answer the question that why people, broadcasters, think that John Carlos Stanton has been carrying the Yankees as opposed to Glaber Torres has been carrying the Yankees, helping the Yankees the most. 
Well, I, I don't know, Barbara. I haven't heard a bunch of people say that. I do know, and thank you for the phone call. I, I do know that Stanton has been really effective of late with the long ball, but Glaber Torres has been outstanding. What, 13, 14 game hitting streak, uh, which was the longest of his career. He's really hit well. He's really played well. I mean, this it's a shame to say, but you know, if you were going to trade him, this would be the time to move him. <laughs> he's, his value is not going to be much higher than it is right now. He's he's playing very very well, and so listen, if you're a Yankee fan right now, you've got you're, you're feeling you you're feeling a little optimistic. Okay, Glaber's hitting, DJ hit. Uh, you're wondering, you understand that it's Kansas City, but you're curious to see how Rizzo performs over the next couple of days. He was outstanding in the final game Sunday against the Royals. We understand it's the Royals. We get it. We understand it. We know. They swept three against the Royals. Woo! Party time. No, we, we understand perfectly who and what the Royals are. All right? But between you and I, you guys lost to the Oakland A's. You guys lost to the Colorado Rockies. So the fact that you swept Kansas City, uh, you know, it's great. You need wins. And Stanton was pretty good in that series. And then you're hearing that there's a possibility that Judge is coming back within the next week or so, maybe at the latest, barring, and we'll knock on wood for the Yankee fans, with uh, barring any setbacks, he could be in at the latest uh, by the trade deadline on August 1st. You know, Nestor Cortez, rehab, he could be back. Lewisaga could be back. So you've got some reinforcements coming. So uh, that alongside with what you may possibly do at the deadline, it makes you feel a little better. It makes you feel like there's, there's optimism there. And listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. With the schedule you've got coming after the Mets starting next weekend, three at Baltimore, then back here, three with Tampa, who's dying right now. And of course, four with Houston, that's gonna that's gonna determine a lot. I know you will still have like two months left to the season, but if you could put forth that what confidence that would give you if you were able to take those series. If I said to you, Yankee fans, right now, right this minute, you could take series from Baltimore, series from Tampa. Sears from Houston. You'd sign up for that right now. You'd sign quick. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out of my mouth. It's already signed. That's the way it would be. So we'll see what the Yankees do. But we'll have to see how they fare in this series because this is a interesting scenario for them. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Well, good evening. I got a couple. I want to clear something up because I got a couple of uh, direct messages uh, uh -oh. that I answered. No, no, no. All good stuff. I've okay. had a good day. You know that. You know that. Good, good family day for me. And yeah. and the uh, people said, I heard you call to Larry last night, and I think he was offended by it when you played uh, It's Over. No. I said, Larry, I said, no. I said, I was trying to make Larry laugh. I'm trying to explain. See, people come in and out. You yes. know, there aren't a lot of people. You know, the core regulars, you, you know before the night starts who's going to call, basically. Uh, you know, and most shows do. 
But, you know, mm-hmm. you're on it. Uh, not now. I don't know. The hours, it's vacation. We all get that. <laughs> and Susan said, I walked outside. You know, she was busy. was over congratulating her. You know, the, the son did well, got a promotion today. So that's Congrats. nice. But she says, people, people, could, that was funny. Larry, you try to make Larry laugh all the time. He was feeling bad. That's what friends do. So anyway, the point is, when I played Roy Orbison, it's over. And then, but, but Don read at the end of the show about the schedule. And mm-hmm. and you said eight days, seven games. They, and I asked you how many to get to 500, which is a benchmark, I guess, to some mm-hmm. extent. You know, mm-hmm. the exception. But when I'm looking at it, and I'm looking who they're playing, and then I'm saying to myself, as I reiterated to you, and said to Don also, there are 11 teams, uh, you know, under 500, you know. So if you get any of those 11, but again, you know, going back to the Dodgers and the Mets in 88 and all that stuff. You, look, you always say it, and I quote you a lot because you, your experience. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. Mm-hmm. So so Miami and Arizona, they're coming back to the pack, it looks like. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe the Mets, you know, if they win – they win these next. Uh, let's say we're kidding around. If, if I said five, and, and you said you said I'll take you it. take it. Okay, I said four, and I said two. And but you want? Please tell the people you weren't offended by. No, it, I wasn't I offended at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. I was not offended. It's just, it, it was it was actually funny because Harvey and Julian last night. I was just I was miserable about the Mets. I was miserable. I was coming off the, the Sunday wipeout. I enjoyed K Rod. I enjoyed seeing Don LaGreca on there. I enjoyed Bill Lee. I enjoyed Johnny Damon. Although Johnny Damon gave me a little bit more information that I needed to know about. But I enjoyed Johnny Damon. I, I enjoyed Mookie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the K-Cast, K-Rod cast. I always do. And, uh, you know, but after that, I mean, the Mets, you know, Scherzer again. So I was just talking about how I was just, you know, a little down. And, and then, you know, uh, I had Sam from San Antonio call me. And I was saying I gave them, I give them a week, right? I need them to be... Before I jump the ship, and other people have already jumped ship, and I respect that. I get it. But before I jump ship, all right, I, I, I'm giving them until the trade deadline to get – there was eight days. I'm giving them a chance to get to 500. If they can at least get to 500, I will give them a little bit more rope. That was my thought process. And then Sam from San Antonio called, and Harvey Julian invited me to jump off the Empire State Building with him, telling me it was over. He said, we're friends. And then Spike called and played Roy Orbison. It's over. So I guess people took it as, you know, this was what a horrible thing they're doing to Larry. Larry wasn't happy about that. And I was, I'm good. I understand. It's it's lonely on this this bandwagon. See, it's not like the Jets bandwagon. There's people jumping on. It's not like the Giants bandwagon. Now that Barkley's back, there's people jumping on. The Met bandwagon, there's people jumping off. (laughs) And they've been jumping off for a while. And rightfully so. The team has been horrible this year. You know, it's been horrible. But no, I wasn't offended, Spike, not at all. 1-800-919-3776. We'll hear from Mike Tannenbaum next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Can you imagine... And I get that it is a different position, right? But can you imagine Saquon Barkley today coming in, fighting, battling for a, excuse me, 
$10.1 million contract with incentives, $11 million. And about what? 12, 13 hours later, Justin Herbert signs <laughs> five-year, $262.5 million extension. Get this. A hundred and thirty three point seven million fully guaranteed. Wait, no, it gets better. And a one hundred ninety three point seven million with an injury guarantee. An injury guarantee. And jumping potentially to a two hundred eighteen point seven million guaranteed deal. Wow. And you're Saquon Barkley. And you scratched and clawed for eleven million a year. Mike Tannenbaum was on the Michael K show with Michael and Don, and he was asked, "So why has the running back position been so devalued of late?" Supply and demand. You know, it's that simple. Like, when you're sitting there, Mike, you have precious resources to allocate from a cap standpoint, from a draft choice standpoint. And I think Kansas City probably gives us the best example of this. They draft Clyde Edward Alaire in the first round, running back from LSU. And Isaiah Pacheco, locally right here from Rutgers, beats him out. And they draft him in the seventh round. Point being is, like, they could find a replacement for a guy like Edwards Alaire, and they did. So that's why you have to say, is this player a replaceable part? That's what it always comes down to. And candidly, when you're contemplating making a head coaching change, you always ask yourself the same two questions, like who can we get to replace them? And is that person available? And same thing at the running back position. And that's why, like like Zeke Elliott, he is not in the same stratosphere or world as Saquon Barkley. Like they're a million miles apart because of mm. their skill set. Tannenbaum says <laughs> it's dominant too. Giants won this deal. I think the Giants are absolutely the biggest winner, and it just shows you Saquon Barkley's character is beyond reproach because they have a much better chance of being a meaningful team this year that could compete for the playoffs compared to without Saquon. They're probably on the outside looking in for the playoffs. So to me, they have the best-case scenario, and we'll see how it plays out. But the other variable, everybody in that locker room is going to watch how they handle Saquon because, look, we could debate the running back position all day, but he is their best player. He is their best person. And the Andrew Thomases, the Kayvon Tip they're going to see how he's treated and they're going to notice that. Yeah, they are. But, and, and listen, that's, I know in theory, and I've made that point as well, but I do think that most of the guys do understand that, you know what, this is a business. And whether, how good you are, the position you play is really, that's what really dictates your success. I mean, you could be, let's be fair. And this is no dispersion to Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones got paid based on the fact that Saquon Barkley had a really good season. He had a really good season. And he flourished in the offense that Brian Dable brought to the table. I didn't mean to do that. But he did. And that's how he got paid. Now, if the situation was reversed, he wouldn't have got that money as a running back. It's really the situation of the way it goes with the running back position. And it's sad, but once again, I don't know what they're going to do. And whatever it is, it's not gonna, they're not going to do anything anytime soon. They're just not. They're just not. 
Uh, Mike Tannenbaum says the Giants could have and should have maneuvered cap for Saquon. If we were running the New York Giants today, let's just say for argument's sake, they were 6 to $8 million away in guaranteed money on a three-year deal, right? I would sit there and look at you and look at John Mara and say, hey, you know what? If we make a mistake on anybody managing this cap, let's make it on Saquon. And by the way, on a $200 million-plus cap and $8 million that we're overpaying him on a three-year deal, like shame on us if we can't find $2 million a year on the safety or the linebacker. Like I always used to say to Rex or Mangini or whoever I was working with, like, hey, if we're going to get a and go get player X. Let's just make sure we understand that where we're going to get this from. Like, I describe the position as being the point guard. Like, can I sit between the head coach and the owner and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're stretching on Saquon way more than the trend is. We think it's the right decision for all the reasons we just discussed. Production, character. However, if we're wrong and he misses some more games, when you guys are, you know, we don't like our starting center and our starting center is coming from the draft, just remember this conversation. And if we're good with that, let's get this deal done. But now when you understand, and I agree with Mike, I understand what he's saying. But now when you read that Saquon and his people turned down the deal, they would have guaranteed him, what, 23 mil? It's hard to make that argument. The Giants made a deal. And so if that's the case, based on Ryan Dunleavy's reporting in the post, then that kind of explains why he would come in now. Because he's not going to get anything better. When he turned that down, the multi-year thing went out the window. So if you're telling me that, okay, the $11 average per year, 23 guaranteed, but the $11 per year, I mean, guaranteed money, that's what you want. You know, that's what you're looking for is the guaranteed to not sign that. And maybe the numbers were off. I don't know. But it, it's it's a crazy situation to look back at it. And, and the reason why we're chatting about it, even though I look to Giant fans, we're good. Right, Harvey? Harvey, you're happy. Your guy's in camp. I'm thrilled. I was stunned when I woke up and I saw that <laughs> he he signed the one. First, like many people, I didn't even know this this could like be done. Like It was possible to sign a one-year deal. I thought it was like it was over. He won't come back till September. I thought that was it. And then he came back and he signed a one-year deal. Oh, I was thrilled. It, so thrilled. <laughs> you had to be. And it's still the franchise tag, even though there's incentives in there and it's modified. It's modified, but it's still the franchise tag. So the bottom line, Giants are all set. Tomorrow, when they open practice, their number one running back will be in the house. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Terrence is in the Bronx. Terrence, you're next on 98.7. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing today, Larry? I'm doing great, Terrence. What's happening, partner? Great. I just want to say, you know, I wasn't surprised, you know, that Barkley signed. You know, I feel, I feel really bad. You know what I mean? Like, I went to school in Pennsylvania, East Stroudsburg, so I, you know, I moved there. Everybody's a big Penn State guy, so Penn State people. And uh, Saquon has always been a worker, you know. I was just was watching some um, some EXO's training uh, documentary, and they were saying the the trainer in it would say, "Oh, Saquon, he's, he has the record for this, this, and this in this facility." And it's just like this guy's a worker. This guy's a good guy. He's out of the newspapers, like. 
Like, give that guy his money, you know? But also, Saquon should have kind of, like, like, Larry, what do you think? You think Saquon should take that first deal, that first deal that the Giants offered? Uh, I think he should have took the one he had last week, Terrence. And I'm just based on what it is, and thanks for the phone call, based on what they're saying the deal was, I mean, there's more money guaranteed. So for me, I mean, that that's, to me, it's a no-brainer. But maybe there were some other things in there that we don't know about, and there's a reason why he didn't take it, okay? And I just, it, it just, it's hard for me to figure out why he didn't. Because clearly, it, it's, it's more guaranteed money. And it's a multi-year deal. Cameron's in Jersey. What's up, Cameron? Hey, what's up, Larry? How are you? I'm doing great, man. What's going on? Hey, listen, I want uh, I wanted to ask you uh, your take on this. Now, uh, Justin Herbert just signed a massive five-year contract, about $262 million, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that Joe Burrow is coming up next on, you know, he's the next one on the list for a contract extension. And uh, I was wondering, like, all right, Mahomes had this ridiculous 10-year contract, you know, mm-hmm. well, I think it was like, what, $500 million dollars. And the Chiefs have so far had got, have gotten a good return on their investment. What, what do you think, like, possibly the probability of maybe, like, uh, Joe Burrow kind of getting a similar contract? I mean, he's a generational talent. You know, he's been in the league for, what, like three, four years and already taken to uh, an AFC championship twice, won one, lost one, went to the Super Bowl, lost one, could have had a – could have been a, a Super Bowl winner, you know, if he would have been able to get that pass off. Right. But, you know, are we looking at potentially another quarterback, you know, going for a 10-year contract? Or is that something maybe it's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing and only a guy like Mahomes can get this kind of contract? Thanks for your thoughts. Sure. Thanks for, thanks for checking in, Cameron. I don't see them doing another 10-year deal. I don't. Uh the money, listen, for right now, now what uh, Herbert has done is that's now the floor. <laughs> it's now the floor for quarterbacks. Everybody else gets in line behind him. He's the highest paid quarterback. And the and the injury guarantee money is huge. That That's the thing that really sets up for me. So I don't know if, it'll, I don't know if you'll see a 10-year deal like that, uh, but Joe Burrow is going to get paid more than, than Justin Herbert. There's no question about it. No question. I mean, he's been to, you know, he's gone to the Super Bowl. If Herbert hasn't done that, now if Herbert had a different coach, maybe it'd be different. But, yeah, I, I, could see, I could see him making more money, but I don't see the 10-year deal. I really don't. That's, that's an anomaly. But then again, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is that type quarterback. And what he's been able to do since he's been in the league, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And yes, he's had great talent around him, and yes, he has a great coach in Andy Reid. There's no question. All those things are part of the deal, all of them. But when you are banking on your quarterback, now, do I see five, six, seven years? Yeah, I do, because you can't touch quarterbacks anymore. So I do see it lengthening, but 10 years is a long time to say that that, that your quarterback is going to be top-notch. You're betting a lot. And I'd have to, you know, go through uh, Mahomes' contract with a fine-tooth comb because I'm sure there's something in there that they could get out of. If he all of a sudden wasn't as effective as he's been, 
I'm sure there's a way that they could get out of it because it's the NFL and it's a contract. And, you know, the contracts in the NFL in a lot of cases for a lot of positions are not worth the paper they're written on because they'll just tear it up and say, okay, goodbye. We're cutting you tomorrow. See ya. Adios. So that's that's the deal there. But no, Cameron, I, I can see uh, Joe Burrow's going to make more money than, than Justin Herbert. But I don't, know, I don't know if you see that 10-year thing. But it really is interesting. And see, going back to, to uh, Saquon Barkley, all right, I'll get to the calls in a second. My first reaction to Saquon was, boy, didn't we just get off a Zoom call? <laughs> what is he doing to me? Didn't we just get off a of Zoom? But who knows? Maybe that was discussed on the Zoom. Because I just think, what does that do? What does that do? We just talked about what Herbert signed, right? That resets the quarterback market right away. Now, <laughs> Daniel Jones is underpaid. <laughs> right away, he's underpaid. Just like that. It's underpaid. But now, what does this do? What does Saquon's deal do for the running back market? Does Jacobs come back to camp now? I mean, what leverage does Jacobs have with the Raiders? Does Dalvin Cook now have to take, what, $6 million, $5 million? Is he going to have to take a pay cut to sign a deal? I know a lot of Jet fans want him to come to the Jets. Uh, a lot of people seem to think, from what I'm reading, that he's headed to Miami. But now that, that whole running back market is just like, it's crazy. What happens now? Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Trey? What's going on, Larry? I'm doing good, man. What's happening? I see you all over the place, baby. Get, get that, get them big dollars, baby. Get them big dollars. Cause you know what? You ain't a running back, so you might get some money. <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think what this is, Larry. I'm gonna be very honest with you. If I was, I, I, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna take it out of the professional ranks, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go back to college, okay. and I'm gonna go back to high school, and I'm gonna take out the NIL money because you know these kids are getting money now. Yes. But man, if I'm a father of of a teenager or a preteener that says, man, I want to be the next great running back. I'm like, son, we're going to Dick Sporting Goods, and we're going to get you some wide receiver gloves <laughs> and some real shiny cleats, or you're going yeah. to be a quarterback because yeah. there is no money in the running back market. There is zero dollars. And whatever they said in that damn Zoom call, Larry, clearly it didn't resonate because I'm telling you now, he cut the legs of those other guys. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. How do you see it? I think he cut well, their he legs. Did. He did. And, and, and here's the thing. And see, here's the part of it, Trey. When you look at it on the surface, you say, but really, what else could he do? Was he going to – he wasn't going to sit no out the season. He, he had he, no he choice. He couldn't sit out the season. Larry, then, the precedent was already set with yeah. Lev Bell. You can't sit out the year, man. Look what he, he and he, and he is a, he is admitting to the Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh and their fans that he made a huge mistake when he yeah. did what he did. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So Saquon Barkley had no choice. Larry, I'm not going to say this no more, but I'm going to say it one more time. Me, you, and Ty talked about this the day after the draft. Yeah. We, our, this already happened. This happened yeah. five years ago. But mm -hmm. my question to New York Giant fans that wanted this kid so bad and they want him to have $100 million and they want him to – man, what have we done with this man? Yeah. 
What winning have we done? What Super Bowl runs have we gone on with this man? It's true. Y'all were in a rush to pay Joe Morris. Mm. Your damn sure wasn't in a rush to pay Brandon Jacobs or Ahmad Bradshaw. Nope. I understand that the kid's an alien, man, but he hasn't won for us. So you know what? Until I see some more damn winning around here, then I'll start dwelling out some checks. Uh, man, I want to see some more winning first. And I don't know if Mar- Mr. Mayor feels the same way, but I, I listen, listen, Larry, when Saquon Barkley hairline recedes and he ain't wearing a little silly earring no more and he's mm-hmm. gone, I'm still going to be a Giant fan, Larry. Right. So it's not right. about Saquon Barkley. I got to be right about my Giants, man, and winning. Yeah, you know, and and and, and it's just not right. I'm, hey, shout out to Joe Shane and Dayball. Way to hold the bag up, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they did, Trey. Thanks for the phone call. And if you're a Giants fan, we're taking the Saquon side of it. But if you're a Giants fan, listen. You know what you're saying right now? Great job. Great job. Because the bottom line here is, I got my guy back. My guy's back, and we didn't have to pay a lot of money for him. And I got him back. And that's it. And that's what you want. You don't get, you know, you might have a feeling, well, you know what, I wish they had taken care of him a little bit better or, you know, something of that nature. I wish they would have done, you know, I wish that would have worked out. He deserves more money. I, I get you feel that way. But ultimately for you, what's the bottom line? He's back. And in theory, he should be even better this year because he's not the main weapon. Waller's the main weapon. The receivers are the main weapon. It's not him. In theory. In theory. But he but Joe Shane did not turn from a business standpoint. From a business side. Joe Shane held firm. And Upper management didn't do a thing. They stayed. Marantis said, okay, handle it, but it better work out. (laughs) Better work out. Handle it. Handle it. Make sure we don't get burned from this situation. Let's make sure that we're in good shape. And they are. Because as I mentioned, they were able to get Saquon Barkley at a very friendly salary. Very friendly. In a situation where he had very little choice. But once again, I quote that article in the post where it says he turned down a guaranteed $23 million deal. Guaranteed. That's crazy to me. 1-800-919-3776. Also, X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll take your phone calls and see what you have to say on social media. But when we return, we'll be joined by my good friend. He's the former Jet D lineman. He is Leger Doosable working for CBS as an NFL analyst. We'll hear from him next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. 